Welcome to Too Old for TikTok, the podcast where two 30-year-olds guide you through the latest trends, creators, and stories from the TikTok universe. I'm Melissa Rosen. And I'm Dina Greenbaum. Somebody come get them. They're too old for TikTok. Somebody come get them. They're too old for TikTok. Hi, Melissa. Hello, Dina. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you. We have so much to talk about today. It's weird. I was on TikTok a lot and I was like, I can't find any trends. And then all of a sudden I was, you know, 12 different things were staring me in the face on TikTok. It's it's actually a great week in TikTok. Yeah. You know, for for reference, Dina has been putting together our like TikTok doc the past few weeks. And I think it's so much better than when I put it together. Like, you've got a lot of really weird, funny things that you find on on your For You page um, that I've been enjoying quite a lot. So props to you and your For You page. That's giving me too much credit, but thank you. I do think you find good things as well, but you've been busy. You were in Philly, so, you know, when you're traveling, you're not as on TikTok as much. I'm the same way when I travel. I try to stay off my phone, but I've just been in New York, so I'm on TikTok all the time, so I've been able to find some gems. Yeah. Let's dive right in. The first thing we need to talk about, as we always try to mention celebrities joining TikTok, and it's quite honestly shocking that, like, not all celebrities are already on the app, but Justin Timberlake just joined, and he posted one video. It's pretty cringy. Here's the audio. All right, guys. I guess we're TikToking now. You know what? I think this is going to go really yeah, Justin Timberlake went from being, like, the height of cool in, you know, the early 2000s, right, to now, like, sort of the poster child for for cringy, for chuggy, if you will. Yeah, the comments on his first TikTok were definitely skewing towards very negative. My favorite are a lot of people said, like, Lance Bance owns TikTok. What are we doing? We don't need you. Because Lance actually understands TikToks and he talks to the, the viewers and he's just really good at TikTok and understanding the fans and the community. So people in the comments are just like, get away, Justin. There's no room for you because Lance is so good. And in a weird metaphorical way, it's almost like, yeah, like Lance Bass was you know not really the standout in NSYNC right like how many people said Lance Bass was their favorite cast member but it's almost like that's who thrives on TikTok like that's who TikTok's for the Lance Basses of the group that's that's who does well on TikTok I like that you said cast member instead of like band member I get what you mean but you know (laughs) Uh, This reminds me of, you know, when Frankie Jonas was the most popular Jonas on TikTok. It's like the same thing. You just, you take the weird person or like the more obscure person and they just get the viewers on TikTok better. And it's not, it doesn't seem as corporate. Like, so we actually have a great video by at the Luke Cook that sort of explains why people hate celebrities joining TikTok. Is anybody else tired of seeing celebrities join TikTok? It's a great video from that guy and I recommend watching it. When I saw Justin Timberlake's face pop up on my For You page the other day, I was like, 
This sucks. And not just on Justin Timberlake, all celebrities like him who get onto TikTok because their teams have told them to. They're not interested in being a part of this community. They're not interested in talking to you or having anything to do with you. They just want to monetize you. And I know there's a little bit, little bit of irony about me making this video because I'm about this much of a celebrity, but I want to be on this app because I want to be a part of this community. I want to create content and entertain you and interact with you. And for all you TikTok creators out there who are upset about the state of things and get down about what's going on, just know that all those teams telling their shitty celebrities to come on this onto TikTok means that what you have is incredibly valuable. And what is it that you have? You have the ear of a younger generation who comes to you for advice, for entertainment. They're not going to NBC. They're not going to CNN. They're not going to CBS anymore. They're not going to the television. They're coming to TikTok. What you have is incredibly valuable. I just sort of hate when celebrities rest on their celebrity, like especially on TikTok. Like, yeah, Justin Timberlake's not doing anything special or unique, you know, in that video. But he's relying on the fact that, like, hey, I'm Justin Timberlake and I'm on TikTok, so aren't you excited now? Don't don't you love me? Isn't this isn't this great for you? And it's like, give me some actual content. You know, give me give me Lizzo like trying mustard and watermelon, right? Like do yeah. something. My friend Karen sent me this, and her main comment was just like, that Chanel necklace seems very horrible on him. Like, why is he wearing that? Like, there's so many pieces to pick out on why his first video is cringy. But to the Luke Cook's point, your team tells you to put a TikTok on, and you have to be on TikTok if you're a celebrity to promote new things but at the same time like they have all the money in the world Justin Timberlake just sold his catalog for millions and millions of dollars so like he's fine if he wants to like fade into oblivion he can but obviously he doesn't want to fade into oblivion so his team said get your ass on TikTok yeah it just it doesn't feel authentic right it does feel like someone's forcing him to do it and then it's like well that's sort of TikTok's whole thing is it's authentic so it just feels mm-hmm. like it's not it's not a good mix yeah there's a great video by at bonus footage and he gives justin some tips that i agree with what we're not going to do is roast justin timberlake for his tiktok strategy listen he understands he needs to be on the platform he just might not get it right away and that's okay that's what we're here to do so i'm going to share my ideas and then i want you to share your ideas for justin in the comments people on the internet love when you embrace your awkward moments and you just had a dance that went viral on this platform it's a joke if you don't get in on the joke. Right now, you need to be in the middle of the dance circle on this one. They created this moment for you. And what you're going to do is you're going to embrace it because TikTok is all about participation in the conversation. And you're going to create an original sound. Then challenge your audience to create their own dance inspired by the dad dance that went viral. And then you're going to film your reaction videos. This is an ongoing conversation that you can continue to participate in in the middle of the dance circle yeah i like this too i think they make a good point like i was saying rather than just hi i'm a celebrity gracing (laughs) you with my presence like do something you know exactly okay this is a perfect transition because drew barrymore on social media and tiktok her video of her in the rain was on every social media platform. I obviously saw it on TikTok and it blew up there and people are doing parodies of it now. But people love Drew Barrymore on TikTok because she is just being her authentic, like kind of wacky self and everyone's reposting it. 
saying, I'll have what she's having. <laughs> Whenever you can go out into the rain, do not miss the opportunity! <laughs> yeah, I support this. This feels like a pretty Drew Barrymore could only have made this type of video. And good for her for sharing it on TikTok. Yes. And then Heather McDonald, who's great, she did a parody of it. And she had her sons basically just throwing water in her face. And she does a whole behind the scenes and recreates it. And it's great. It's just kind of of the moment. This is something I feel like 10 years from now, like someone will repost this video. And it'll take me right back to like this time and this summer. But like next week, I'll probably forget about it. Oh, yeah. Well, speaking of the next, like, huge thing that we'll forget about in a few (laughs) minutes or days, there's been this SNL guy going around. His handle is at whoisjakenovac, and the video is sort of self-explanatory what he's asking. I want to be the next SNL cast member, and here's why I should be a contender. Hi, Lauren Michaels, I'm Jake Novak, and I know that you're feeling the heat because your roster lost Kate, Kyle, 80 MP. That means you got an open seat, and I feel loud to be feeling it because when it comes to comedy songs, I kind of been killing it. See, weekly music videos, I'm a jam, bruh. I'm a rapid rhyming hammy nerd like Lin-Manuel Miranda mixed with Sammy Berg. But haven't you heard? I'm more than a rapper. I'm an actor, too. So here's a couple of nice guys getting their jackets. After you. After you. After you. After you. After you. After you've seen that scene, I mean, I'm it, right? But I've been sitting on the ringer. In addition to the spitting, I'm a hell of a singer. I could be bouncing out on Broadway, but I'm running for 30 Rock. So I can hand deliver you the next dick in a box. Uh, not literally, obviously. I just, I really want to give you the next big thing. Oh, God. Dear Mr. Michaels, won't you give me a chance? My melodies will make the people laugh while they dance. I'll write, I'll perform, man, I'll sweep the stage. But whatever it is, I'm ready to do it in Studio A.H. What do you say? Did I dive or get you to bite? Maybe we could try it live on a Saturday night. So check my feed. You'll agree where I should be in September. Right with Colin Keenan, Chloe Bowen as an SNL cast member. Yeah, you need to know the production value of this video is really good. It took him a long time to make this video, and he seems like he's legitimately trying at first when you legitimately try on tiktok and you miss the mark ever so slightly people will come for you and his whole comment section people have hated this video basically and most of the comments are just like where's the punchline SNL will die if they put you in the show and it's taken on a crazy life of its own yeah, it's sort of it's sort of sad in a way. Like I do feel like this guy is genuine. I think he's talented. I just I sort of put this in the chuggy bucket too. Like my initial reaction was just like, who the fuck watches SNL anymore? Like where on TikTok? Like it just feels like SNL is so irrelevant to the TikTok generation. And even the idea of like trying to get the TikTok generation into SNL feels very pandering, feels very, like, capitalism. Like, it's just, like, everything TikTok's against. Like, I don't need NBC. I don't need that star power. Like, if you have a following on TikTok and you're funny, why the fuck do you need SNL to validate you? So that's where I was coming from. But a lot of other people were just mean about it like they were super mean 
Yeah, which I felt bad about. I don't think I he did feel that. bad too. There's a user at Glenn Devar. He comments on the whole Jake Novak situation and he also gives ideas for what Jake Novak should do. Is anybody else like waiting in anticipation for the next piece of content that Jake Novak puts out? He is the most talked about person on this app right now. And the next thing that he does will solidify the narrative around who he is as an entertainer, as a content creator, as an actor. If he came out and apologized, it would be like, uh, that one's weird. But if he doubled down and made another cringy video, it would be like, oh shit, this guy's the worst, but it's hilarious. If he just made another boring, innocuous musical video, people would be like, uh, okay, we're, we're bored now. But he could also just not say anything, and his 15 minutes of fame will evaporate. But he wants to be famous, you know? My advice would be to make a cringy musical apology video. Because then you kind of, like, do it all at once. But, I don't know. We'll see. Yeah, I think there's ways, you know, with anything to go with the joke, to laugh mm -hmm. with it. And, you know, if this creator's been on TikTok for a while and he understands how this works like there's an opportunity for him to lean into it but i don't know he, has he posted a response video do you know he hasn't that's the whole yeah. point of glenn devar's video is like we're waiting what, yeah, to see what he there? does next he can you know take the 15 minutes of fame he can you know use it to his advantage this brings us to the the next video uh where our user uses this to explain the TikTok flip and this user is at cars with a K underscore two. So we all know about the TikTok flip, right? Jake Novak is probably our most recent example of this in action. Basically, at least once a month, somebody makes a video that goes crazy viral for all the wrong reasons. And it becomes extremely popular to make fun of that and make content about that. Once this becomes too popular, though, and maybe some people take it a little bit too far, suddenly more people tend to rally around the subject. Hence the TikTok flip. Now most videos I see about this guy are, he was just a goofy guy putting himself out there. Yeah, this was a pretty wild phenomenon. Once they explained it, I was like, oh yeah, this does happen a lot, doesn't it? Uh, it's yeah. like couch guy, like, got me thinking of a lot of weird trends that have had these like, very passionate, people on either sides there was one the flies i remember there was one video where some guy was like y'all are defending the flies now like there's always some yeah, other side on tiktok yeah <laughs> yeah then of course the parody videos come in so at gaylor spliff did a great parody pretending to be lauren michael's assistant so something that i don't talk about too frequently on my tiktok just for like legal reasons and not wanting to lose my job um, is the fact that I am Lauren Michaels' personal assistant. I've been working for him since 2017, 2018, I think it is, something like that. Um, so I'm seeing him on a regular basis. And even though SNL is currently in their off season, um, obviously we're still in the office on a regular basis. So I was in his office the other day and this is on my for you page all the time and obviously lauren does not have a tiktok so i was like you have to see this so i showed it to him and then immediately after he watched it he killed himself does this one hit too close to home for you melissa since you did uh work at snl yeah at first i thought she was serious 
Mm-hmm. And I was like, ugh, this, like, humble brag of working for him is, like, really pissing me off. But then she saved it in the end by fooling us all, so. Yeah, and you see in her comments, people love it. People are like, you should yeah. be on SNL. This was actually funny, but Jake Novak's wasn't. So once you get those comments going, you got sides to choose. I mean, I gotta say, though, probably my favorite comment on Jake Novak's videos was someone saying, this wasn't funny at all, so you'd be great on SNL. Right, right. (laughs) I don't disagree, yeah. Yeah, so your experience working at SNL was amazing, right? It's a a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. (laughs) You may or may not have left and fleed New York because of your treatment in the television (laughs) industry. Yes, it was the television industry. But I come at it now as just like a critic of media and comedy and like it's just not good like it's really it's hard to watch and again especially in light of tiktok and all these things that are just really authentic really funny comedy that is so personal you know to to different individuals and different groups to go from that like i just i can't this sort of mainstream funny and funny that relies on celebrity like I just I'm not a fan of it anymore all right moving on to our next topic and this is already outdated but it's been all over my for you page I thought it was gonna die down it hasn't partially because I'm feeding the algorithm because I love musical theater TikTok the Leah Michelle funny girl saga is just it's continuous it just it's a machine it keeps going from that side of tiktok then i got into like glee conspiracy theory tiktok it's just all over the place uh the user at the underscore howl owl has a great explainer video the following is an emergency powerpoint that has been brought to you by breaking news I really had a whole other PowerPoint series ready to go that I was going to film today. I had to come home from work and just throw myself into making a timeline of the events surrounding the Funny Girl Revival. Even if you're not a part of the Broadway community, I implore you to stick around because this is juicy and also Glee related. We're starting off in August of 2021. A casting call starts going around Playbill, calling for video submissions for a Funny Girl Revival. The internet immediately goes into a tizzy. Who's going to play Fanny? Everyone immediately starts talking about Leah Michelle playing Fanny was a big part of her character on Glee, and Leah Michelle and her character on Glee are like the same person. But then on August 11th, it is announced that the revival will actually be led by Beanie Feldstein, who you may recognize from such wonderful movies as Booksmart and Ladybird. People were really excited for a lot of reasons. She's Jewish, just like the character. She's a bigger girl. She is a queer woman. And most of all, she's not Leah Michelle. And then in April of 2022, the show opens and the reviews are bad. And I'm talking like bad especially about Beanie. The press tore her to shreds, which if you're comparing her to Barbra Streisand, everyone is going to lose. And then the show gets hit again on May 3rd when 20 nominations come out and the show only gets one nomination just for a featured actor. Beanie doesn't get a nomination, but neither do any of the other actors. Jane Lynch, who we will be talking about soon, doesn't get a nomination. I mean, not even lighting or set design. The show gets nothing, which like for a revival of such a beloved musical was shocking. So then on June 15th, it is announced that both Beanie and Jane Lynch will be leaving the show come September 25th. And this was really surprising to people because they expected Beanie to have a year contract instead of just a six-month. And then immediately, Paul Wontorek, Wontorek, I don't care if I'm saying his name right because quite frankly, he was an agitator in this situation. 
This man is the editor-in-chief of Broadway.com. This man has power and influence in the industry, and this man is in the know in the industry. The same day that it is announced that Beanie is leaving, he starts tweeting these kinds of things with pictures of Leah Michelle from when she played Fanny on Glee. This is the funny girl Marquee from Glee. Literally the day it is announced that Beanie is leaving. Like, how fucking rude is that? Yesterday, or maybe not, depending on what day you're watching this, Beanie posts on Instagram that she's actually not going to be leaving in September. She's leaving at the end of July. Within minutes, the official funny girl account posts that they have major casting news coming the next day. On the same day, there are people essentially celebrating the fact that she's leaving. So we're all waiting with bated breath. On July 11th, it is announced that Leah Michelle will officially take over the role of Benny Bryce on Broadway on September 6th, which also happens to be my birthday. Happy birthday to me. Jane Lynch's replacement was also announced to be taking over on September 6th. Previously, it had been said that Jane Lynch was leaving on September 25th, but now Broadway.com is saying Jane Lynch is leaving on September 4th, not overlapping any performances at all with Leah Michelle. In the most Sue Sylvester move she possibly could have made, Jane Lynch said, I am going. So that's where we're at. Justice for Beanie, Leah Michelle sucks. That's what you missed on Glee. Yeah, I mean, this was a good recap. Like, I've been catching all these headlines. And you saw, you you didn't see Beanie, right? She happened to just not be performing in that show, but you went to the run that she was in, technically, right? Yeah, so, so my mom and I got tickets really early on, and we were super excited to see Beanie. And, you know, the reviews came out that Beanie wasn't great. And I was, we were still excited to see Beanie. We still were going because, you know, we thought, you know, we might have, reviews aren't always right. And the day of on Instagram, I see, you know, Beanie's out. She was sick. And my mom goes, we gotta, we gotta exchange the tickets. But because I'm on TikTok, I knew that Beanie's underscore Julie Benko got rave reviews and I was like no let's go see it I want to see Julie Benko I hear from TikTok you know my close personal friends on TikTok that she's great we're not exchanging these tickets we see it Julie is amazing my mom said it was one of the top performances she's seen in like 30 years she loved Julie I mean the show it's not it's just not a great show but you know Mm -hmm. performances are good it's not my favorite you know, Broadway production. Yeah, I'll never get to see Beanie, but now we have Leah Michelle. What are your thoughts? Well, it's almost sad hearing you say this because it's like this understudy is so amazing, but she has not made the headlines at all. But yeah, I, I heard from other friends too that she was really good. And it's like, it is sad again that like celebrity just takes over actual talent <laughs> sometimes. Like, the only ones making the headlines are Beanie and Leah Michelle, and there's this understudy who's actually been amazing, and like no one's talking about that. That's sort of sad. Yeah, I follow Julie Banco on TikTok. Everyone else should too. But the user at Brian the BA, so the business analyst, he explains kind of why you need celebrity yeah. power. It's it's all about the money. Here's his video. We now know why Beanie was pushed out of Funny Girl so abruptly, and it has to do with money, so let's talk about it because, hi, I'm Brian, the business analyst. As we have last week's Broadway box office numbers, and the numbers at Funny Girl do not look good. The production definitely lost money last week, and looking at ticket availability for this week and next week, it doesn't look to get any better. I know some people may think $700,000, especially when compared to Hades Town, looks like a lot of money, but for the size of this production... It likely costs at least $800,000 a week to operate. Let me state for the record, this doesn't condone the actions of the producers, but 
it explains what happened from a business perspective. During this production's first two months of Broadway, its average weekly gross ticket sales were approximately $1.3 million. And in the subsequent two months, that has fallen by over 40%. And so now producers are likely trying to course correct to prevent the production from having to close by the end of the summer. And to anybody who wants to say Beanie only got this role because of nepotism and was not a big enough star to sell this production, the first two months of sales beg to differ. Yeah, I, I can appreciate this take. He's right. These shows do cost a lot of money. People pay a lot of money to see them. So it's ultimately just a money-making machine. One of my favorite things about Leah Michelle is the conspiracy theory that she is illiterate and can read. And I would have never, like known this conspiracy theory unless I was on TikTok. The user at Mr. Williams Prack has a great parody video. Y'all, I have real big news. I was a pre-K teacher for almost 10 years. While I loved it, it's also something else I was always very passionate about. Musical theater. And I always wanted to find a way of marrying those two. You guys, I did it. I am heading to the Broadway. No, not as a performer. As a literacy teacher. I don't know if you heard the big news. There's an actress who's making waves. Who'll be leading a big Broadway show. But might need some help fine-tuning some of those reading skills. I'll give you a few hints. I'm gleefully excited. Who knows? I'll be helping a very funny girl learn to read her lines. It's me, Michelle. We got a lot of work to do between now and September. If I can teach a five-year-old their alphabet, I can definitely do this. What could go wrong? It took me like two times watching this and scrolling through the comments to actually get the joke. Like I genuinely was like, oh, that's cool. Good for him. Like he's working on Broadway now. And then like all the comments were like, oh my God. Yeah. Like she can't read. Yeah. Forgot all about that. I think this conspiracy theory that Leah Michelle can't read is up there with the conspiracy theory that Avril Lavigne is actually dead and like her ghost <laughs> is like running around. Like they're just so obscene. I mean, it's great. I mean, every comment on anyone like Broadway star on TikTok or a lot of the Funny Girl cast is on TikTok too, and it's all like. You gotta tell us if Leah can read. We need to know. So stupid. I know, like, I know that she's apparently mean to people on set. But I really, I don't know. Maybe you tell me if I'm wrong. I just feel like most celebrities are assholes. And I've just sort of separated, like, whoever they are in real life. Like, I don't know these people in real life. I just know they're acting... And I thought Leah Michelle was great in Glee. I loved her in Glee. Like, I would love to see her in Funny Girl. But maybe I'm just, like, way disconnected. I don't know. That's how I feel. So Leah Michelle's super problematic because a bunch of cast members said she was basically racist and used, like, thousands of microaggressions against the cast. So it's not just, like, being a diva or being an asshole. It was, like, more than that. So she's extremely problematic in that way. But at the same time, yeah, she performed that Funny Girl song in Glee, Don't Rain in My Parade, really well. That was a great scene. That was a great scene. I but know. okay, I didn't I, I didn't know it, it was like racist stuff. Obviously that's not okay. I saw another video I think at one point saying how they were trying to revamp her image since all that stuff came out. Like they were working hard. They put out that story about like how her and Jonathan Groff were like best friends and uh, there was some weird story circulating with the two of them because 
people like Jonathan Groff. So then they were trying to get her to be likable by association. So yeah, that's that's all part of the machine. I think yeah. they knew she was going to be in Funny Girl. Right. I think the other piece before we move on to know is that the producers kind of did Beanie dirty and they didn't like cater the show towards her and her like comedic talents a lot of people were saying on TikTok Mm. also so it was you know Beanie got bad reviews but also the producers are the villain basically of the story and then you have Leah Michelle Mm. just coming in and dropping in hmm that's a shame all right from funny girl tiktok it brought me to glee conspiracy theory tiktok and a lot of people were saying that glee was like the simpsons and there's a scene someone called out where the cast members start singing in order of the way that they died so there were three cast members who died cory monteith mark sailing and naya rivera and it's just so chilling when you watch this and you realize like holy shit like these young people have all passed away Wait, I didn't realize Mark Sailing died. I know he, like... Oh, yeah, he died. Yeah. Damn. Fuck. It's so sad, because Glee was, like, such a great show, I thought. Season one was, like, one of the best seasons of television. Like, I thought that was so fun and so good. Were you in Florence when you started watching season one? Like, abroad? I think so, yeah. Yeah, because I remember you told me, you said, you got to watch this new show. Like, you got me to watch Glee because all you were doing in Florence was sitting in your room and watching television and playing The Sims. So you got me into Glee. What did you do when you study abroad in Florence? (laughs) (laughs) Moving on to a user that I just find delight in. The user's at NeverEndingFall. And... They have a series called Kenneth Kirkland, and basically they take Kirkland alcohol and then pair it with brand name alcohol and do taste tests, and it's genius. There's a cute little tune they play in the beginning. Hello, and welcome to episode four of our series, Kenneth Kirkland, where we try to determine the difference between name brand alcohol and Kirkland. Today's alcohol is... And then usually people get it wrong. Kirkland, they can't guess Kirkland. And it just reminds me, like, my dad does this every, he, every time he has people over. Like, he loves the Kirkland brand tequila, but he also has, like, really, really nice tequila. But he'll give his guests sometimes the Kirkland tequila and just say, You'll never know. You know, it tastes just like my other tequilas. Like, it's his shtick. <laughs> what do you think? I'm sure you've tried Kirkland versus others. Do you notice a difference? Yeah, I've tried Kirkland vodka, and I don't mind it. It tastes good. There's a couple of different varieties of Kirkland vodka, but some, I think, taste like Grey Goose. Some taste like Tito's. Yeah. I mean, Costco, Costco can do its thing. Cool. I like it. What do you think of the Kirkland brand, Melissa? I mean, yeah, I think the ability to save some money, who needs a brand name? But I personally, like, haven't taste-tested alcohol in a very long time. Except for when I bought that bottle of Jack Daniels at the beginning of the pandemic. That's pretty much the last time I've bought alcohol. I'm proud of you. Good for you. It makes it sound like you have a problem. (laughs) 
but you don't. <laughs> I mean, I, I bought, I like drank most of that bottle and then I found out I had really high cholesterol and like high <laughs> sodium levels, like all this weird shit. And I poured the, the rest of the alcohol out like as if I was an alcoholic, but I just had high sodium levels. It all comes back to your cholesterol, really Always. Does. Always. Always does. Uh, a really popular trend going around are people saying what their job is and like the top five or ten things they wouldn't do based on their profession. So I really like this one because I could relate to it. It's working in reality TV. The user is Aurora's blog. Top ten things I wouldn't do after working on reality shows. I wouldn't go on one. That's it. That's numbers 10 through number one. I wouldn't go on one because people at home think that everyone who goes on them are just so dramatic or whatever. And they're like, no, I could go on one and like I would be interesting and I would be fun. But let me tell you, we make those people that way. We don't feed them very much at all. Maybe they get to eat once a day because we want them hungry, because we want them emotional. But you know what we will give them? Unlimited quantities of alcohol. That's right. Because they're so hungry. They're just dying for something. So it's like, have a margarita. Because we want them drunk. We want them emotional. We don't let them sleep. If they're all living in a house together, we'll just wake them up in the morning. 5 a.m., whatever. Hey, guys, time to wake up. Because we don't want them to sleep. We want them tired, exhausted, on emotional edge. And then we keep them up late at night. Now, do we actually have stuff to film that early in the morning or that late at night? Oftentimes, no. But do we tell them that they have to get up anyway because, oh yeah, we're gonna film this thing that we know isn't happening for a few hours, but we just want them awake. We also lie to them. <laughs> you know, those little like on-camera interviews where they're like, oh, you know, blah, 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 telling their feelings about things. Well. Before those, we'll say, oh, did you know so-and-so actually said that you were like a bitch? Blah, 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 blah. We'll just make up stuff because we're trying to inject drama into what's going on. And because we want them to be like, oh, well, maybe so-and-so's a bitch so that we get better bites. We'll also maybe like give them hope that's not really there. You know, we'll tell them like, oh, you're doing really well and like you're going to win this or we think or, you know, we're going to help do this or blah, 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 blah. When really we know that's not going to happen. I have seen some of the kindest, most wonderful, softest, beautiful people lose their minds in the middle or towards the end of one of these like luxury torture camp experiences. And then if somehow you are the most regulated, calm, beautiful person who was able to not take in any of those tricks and it never got dramatic and you never yelled and blah, 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 we'll get you in the editing. Will Frankenbite clips where you can take parts of sentences or certain words or even syllables, smash them all together to get the person to say whatever it is you want them to say, slap a little B-roll on top of it so that you can't see the fact that their mouth doesn't match the words anymore. And in a rare case, when we wanted a fight to be more dramatic, we had people in the office just start yelling stuff and the scene was chaotic enough people didn't notice. Melissa, don't I tell everyone I talk to who says like reality TV is cool and people want to be on shows the number one thing I tell people is you do not want to be on reality TV like if any friend of mine said like oh I was getting cast for a show I would say just don't sign anything do oh. not go on yep. reality TV I as soon as you sent me this I was like oh this sounds just like Dina yeah it's yeah. it's uh, yeah it's brutal once you see how the sausage is made on these shows like Oof. 
Yeah. It's worth exposing, but it's also, like, you have to just sort of check out when you watch these shows and not be bothered by the fact that, like, all this terrible stuff is actually happening behind the scenes. But it's rough. Yeah, I feel like she's talking more like Bachelor, more like being stuck in a house, cut off from the world shows. Yeah. When I worked on housewife shows and other more like docu-follow shows, they're not as bad because they are actually like trying to follow these women's lives or, or these people's lives. Uh, but they're still, they're still this, they're, they're plying everyone with alcohol. There's still like a twisted reality to it. Yeah, I mean, I was thinking of, like, Real Housewives when she was talking, and I feel like these things could still apply. Especially just, like, feeding them stuff in those testimonials. Like, Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's gotta happen. Frankenbiting. That happens, for sure. Oof. The next one who used this trend is a user called at Lady Spine Doc. So there's a trend going around that people are stating things that they would never do based on their experience with working in a certain specialty. And I'm going to give you the top five things that I would never do after being a neurosurgeon. Now, I'm not talking about the most common things like don't drive drunk or always wear your seatbelt or don't ride a motorcycle because those things are very obvious. And some of these things that I tell you may be controversial or make you mad. Number one, I would never have my neck manipulated by a chiropractor. Number two, if I'm driving down the road and a cute little bunny bounces in front of my car, guess what? I'm going to run over the bunny. Never veer off the road trying to dart around an animal. Number three may seem very obvious, but I cannot tell you how many injuries I've seen from people that trim tree limbs on a ladder. When you cut that branch down, it will fall and it may fall on you. Number four, I'm a huge fitness advocate. However, I would never participate in CrossFit. And last but not least, if you're at someone's home or staying in a place in which you're unfamiliar, please familiarize yourself with the surroundings. I have seen so many patients that have opened doors thinking that they're walking into the bathroom, but open doors that are going down into the basement. And we all know how that turns out. Yeah, this one was... You know, not great for my health anxiety and my fears. <laughs> Definitely will never be going to a chiropractor. But yeah, some interesting notes here of how people can get really severe brain injuries from things you might not have thought. Yeah, the swerving for a bunny one took yeah. me by surprise. I guess people swerve off the road and like, yeah, you're more important than a bunny, but... I just made me remember my mom accidentally hit a squirrel once and she didn't think it was dead enough. She thought the squirrel was suffering and that its squirrel family members were coming to rally around. So she wanted to reverse back over the squirrel to put it out of its misery. And I said, I will not be a part of this. Please hit the gas. She was like freaking out, like, what are we gonna do? The squirrel. Oh my And I was God. like, you can call call dad to have him drive over it again. I don't wanna be a part of this murdering the squirrel two times. Oh, what a mess. That is a horrifying story. <laughs> wow. That's awful. Oof. Okay. Well, back to the trend. There was a OBGYN who did a great one about like what not to do. There's, you know, more trauma surgeons saying what not to do. And you could just take this trend and make it to your profession. So it's a good one. Yeah. 
interesting, educational. We will end on Emmanuel the Emu because Emmanuel the Emu is all over the fucking place. It's gone to Twitter, Instagram. It was on some of the morning shows. I thought this was an ostrich at first because I've been on some like ostrich TikTok where like people have ostriches that are sort of like this emu. I don't know. But the user is at Knuckle Bumps Farms and this emu just keeps like coming into frame and knocking down a camera. What do you think, Melissa? Yeah, it's funny. I feel like this is the kind of shit that like goes on local news from TikTok. Yeah. And I'm just like, okay, like, yeah, I guess this is like the mainstream version of TikTok. It's like cute animal videos that they could post on stupid local news channels. Um, sure, it's mainstream TikTok. Yeah. Everyone loves Emmanuel the emu, though. I don't know. Yeah. No, I mean, he's great. He seems great. Seems just, great. Just yeah. not our side of TikTok. This did not come across my For You page. Our friend Sam actually sent us this from Twitter, and I was like, yeah, I've been hearing about it on TikTok. But, yeah, the, the emus, they're emus. No, it's, it's great. It's funny. It's, uh, it makes sense that it would be popular on Twitter, you know? There's a reason... It's like, this is popular, you know, with people who aren't necessarily on TikTok all the time. But, like, today I mentioned to my coworker, oh, have you been on Irish Obama TikTok? And he was <laughs> like, I have no idea what those words mean together. <laughs> so it's like, there's a difference, you know? Well, I actually, I opened my laptop when I went into my office and it was the morning after I had edited last week's episode. And when I opened my laptop, the Irish Obama song just started blasting. <laughs> I just like ran over to shut it off. And I was like, I hope no one heard that because it's just a bizarre thing to have blasting from your it's laptop amazing. at work. Oh my God, I love it. Should we sing it to, to end the show? Yeah. To our president. <laughs> For our president. Barack Obama. That's all I know. <laughs> That's better. I forgot the lyrics, so you you did good. You carried it for the team. <laughs> you didn't. You didn't even get a chance to sing. <laughs> That's okay. No one needs to hear both of our voices. Your voice is good enough. Uh, we could cut that out. Failed. That flopped. That was a flop. <laughs> Let's end on a flop. Well, that was episode one hundred and five. Thanks for listening. Please rate, review, subscribe, share the podcast with friends. Visit the blog, tooldfortiktok.com, the number two, the number four, and see you next week. Bye, everybody.